Welcome to the ANA Podcast, Sports Talk with your hosts, Anthony Cortez, Alex Ashley, and Kevin Rowe. What's up and welcome back to the ANA Sports Show. This is the week of July 14th. Can't believe we're in July already. Anyways, welcome to the party. My name is Anthony Cortez and I'm joined alongside my two good friends and co-hosts, Mr. Alexander Ashley. Going on, everybody. And Mr. Kevin Rowe. You're welcome. I appreciate you showing up, Kev. Happy to be here. Uh, for those of you joining us for the first time, I doubt anybody is, but welcome to the party. We're an all sports podcast. Yay, sports. Haven't said that in a while. We appreciate you showing up for to all those, all two, three of you, because we know you have your bar stools. We know you have your Colin Cowards, your, your Dan Levitards. Shows. <laughs> what? We know you have your better shows. We know you have your better shows. You're much, much better <laughs> professional, more prepared shows. But hey, you come to us because we just show up and we're on the fly and just we say what's on our minds. So yeah, uh, we appreciate you. Um, Alex, I'd like to start off the shows with useless information. Go right ahead, sir. Yeah. Uh, so we had so many winners and we have so little time. So starting off with the Euros, Italy has been crowned the best in Europe, beating England in penalty kicks three to two, capping off one hell of a season where they didn't allow a goal in over 1,600 minutes and over the entire year only trailed once, and that was to that English team in the finals, which, by the way, 1,600 minutes roughly equates to uh, 17 games. Um, their defense is a standing Donnarama. The goalkeeper ended up being man of the, uh, man of the tournament. Cristiano Ronaldo didn't win the golden boot. Um, but moving on to the other side of the world, Messi and the Argentinian national team finally won Messi's very first international trophy as they downed to Brazil in Brazil, uh, one to zero. Messi put in one of the greatest all-time performances, leading the entire tournament in things like goals, assists, uh, chances created, and more. Um, this has cemented in many people's minds, um, Messi as the greatest all-time, or at least top two. And no, like passing, passing um, Ronaldo, but getting into more into like the Pele's and the, you know, the, the, the upper, upper, upper echelons. Um, we had a fight this week and Conor McGregor went down yet again, having not won since pre-COVID. But Anthony, you were able to watch that fight, correct? I was, yeah. Tell us uh, a little bit about that. Um, the whole card was good. Uh, the first fight was probably the fight of the night was uh, Sean O'Malley, who's an upcoming dude, and don't ask me what weight class. And then he fought a dude that took a fight on like a week notice. Uh, Chris something is his name. But um, that was probably the fight of the night. Uh, O'Malley just straight up just beat the crap out of him. And somehow that fight went into the third round. Um, is he and- the one with the electric green hair? Yes, that's the one. Okay. He's from Portugal, right? Uh, sure. Okay. Um, green and red flag. Professional as always, Anthony. <laughs> yeah, as always, dude. As always. Uh, I'm pretty sure I saw a Portu- Portuguese Portuguese flag behind him at the beginning. I'm not sure. But anyway, Probably. maybe. Yeah. Uh, it was a good card, though. Um, the main the main event of of, of course being Poirier and uh, McGregor. Um, I wouldn't say lived up to the hype as this was going to be the trilogy fight or this was the trilogy fight, but it ended in a uh, doctor stoppage because McGregor broke his shin or ankle, high ankle, um, on Poirier's uh, what looked like his what looked like his elbow. I mean, I, I don't know if you go back and and see some replays. Uh, there's a few different 
views were it's possible that it could have been fractured and he um when he was throwing a punch it uh i mean you all saw it if you have seen if you've seen highlights when he was he stepped back and he was throwing a punch and then he just kind of put his weight on paid his paid his weight on it and it just broke on him so um uh a lot of people are wondering if there's going to be a fourth fight and whether there should be a fourth fight. I mean, logistically or not logistically, but logically, um, you could put on a fourth fight because this is probably like one of the, and granted, I am not no means an expert in MMA. I just recently became a fan and I just enjoy watching, but, um, I think logically you could make a fourth fight because people actually want to see a decided outcome rather than somebody, Rather than a freak accident, uh, you know McGregor um, breaking his leg. But there's also those that will argue that McGregor's kind of past his prime and kind of his his act is kind of old. And um, I can agree with that somewhat. Um, although there is that there is also that case where you need to put on you need to put on good fights and you need to you need to put on fights that people are going to watch and you know. As many people think as McGregor's act is over and done, people still watch him. So um, we'll see what happens. It, if, any, if, if it does happen, it won't happen until 2022 at earliest. Um, of course, McGregor's got to um, recover and all that. And Poirier is going to fight for the belt next against Charles Oliveira. I think I'm pronouncing his right, name right. Um, and we'll see what happens. I... I I think it'd be best to probably bring if you do bring McGregor back, it'd probably be best to bring him back for like a uh, not a title shot immediately against whoever wins, but you know, like a warm up fight to to so to speak. Somebody, somebody, somebody would watch, you know, because you want to match him up. But no, it was a, it was a good it was a good uh, good card. Uh, disappointing main main card or disappointing main fight, but you know, it is what it is. You can't you can't control all those things happen. So it was fun though. Monroe and Dana White in his post-match, uh, in his post-match press conference, basically left the door open, saying that it's possible for them to have a rematch. It's definitely possible, and I think both guys would want it. Poirier even said, you know, in his post-fight uh, press conference, you know, of course, said rival. They asked him, "Is the rivalry over?" And he's like, "No, of course not. You saw how it ended. You know, I'd." We're either, he said, "We're either going to fight in the octagon or we're going to fight in the sidewalk." But either way, that. The, the bad blood is real there. there. There's no, there's no fake arguments or anything. It's just, but that's who McGregor is. <laughs> so, you know, he pisses people off in the process. So a fourth fight is definitely possible. Whether or not it's a good idea is a whole other question. I think we'll definitely see one, especially because Conor McGregor's last words on the microphone were, your wife is in my DMs. So <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty confident we'll see one. Um, so another, I, I just love some of that trash talking because one, <laughs> Poirier giving a, a crack set of McGregor's receding hairline or whatever, and McGregor coming back being like, uh, your wife wants to see my hair around my dick and balls. <laughs> like, really? <laughs> this fucking guy. <laughs> um, so another superstar possibly cementing himself as the number one to ever do it, Novak Djokovic. Uh, the tennis player won Wimbledon. Uh, this is a six Wimbledon uh, title tournament, tur- tournament title, excuse me, uh, and has put him on par with Federer and um, um, Nadal, excuse me. Um, Here's a question for you. Is Federer done? 
No, probably not. But he won't be the same. You know what I mean? Like he'll keep going, but he'll probably win maybe one or two at most. Grass is his house, and he lost in what the first or second round. Yeah. Well, I mean, Serena's been on and off lately too, but she still has the ability to win it all. You know what I mean? So I think we're just seeing a couple of superstars kind of making making their way out. But you know, congratulations to him, and again, arguably now the best to ever do it. Uh, and then for my last highlight, because they say lightning doesn't strike twice, you can ask Tampa Bay if that's true. Kev, tell us a little bit about the Lords Stanley Cup final winners. Tampa uh, Bay became the, uh, the lightning have become the fourth franchise in history to repeat as Stanley Cup champions, beating the Montreal Canadiens uh, four games to one. Uh, Vasilevsky, the goalie for Tampa Bay, was named the – Calder Cup, I, I think. Don't quote me on that. He's the MVP of the of the finals, basically. Um, Vasilevsky had a very very good. Uh, not Vasilevsky. Uh, Kucherov had a very good series as well. And um, yeah, Tampa Bay just ran away with it. They were obviously the better team on paper. The Canadians were kind of playing above their head for most of this tournament, and. Lucked out getting to the finals and they just ran out of gas. They won it in five, right? It was four to one. Yeah, four to one. Yeah, that's an ass with it. <laughs> I think the funniest thing about the whole series was when the Lightning were up three to nothing. Game four was in Montreal. Canada would not allow the families of Tampa Bay to fly up there to potentially celebrate the championship. So Tampa Bay's mayor, uh, affectionately hinted at we should probably take it easy in game four <laughs> just so they can bring it back home and win it on home ice, which they eventually did anyway. Right. I think it's just funny that your mayor's like, ah, let's, let's give him one. Right. <laughs> yeah, fuck these kids. <laughs> right on. But, yeah, so those are all of our useless highlights. Oh, I'll tell you another one, too, is the official Twitter page for the Stanley Cup. Uh, basically trolled the uh, <laughs> Tampa Bay Buccaneers saying, yeah, we're too heavy to throw. Oh, that's right. I saw that. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody's like, well, I'll give it a shot. <laughs> Tom Brady responded like, anything's light enough when you have enough beers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Anthony, we can't hear anything you're saying, so. Yeah. No. Technical difficulties. What you get to be fancy. Is that better? Can you hear me? Yeah. Now we can hear you. All right, excellent. Headset um, gave out on you? No, headset <laughs> gave out on me. Um, All-Star Game was this past weekend, uh, Home Run Derby. That was fun to watch. Um, obviously, I think everybody would have wanted Otani to advance more uh, to advance to the second round and you know see what he could have done. He made a push for it, he, he, but he um, came up one home run short of uh, tying whoever it was that he was matched up with. Um, Juan, Soto, Juan Soto, yeah, Juan Soto. Thank you. Juan Soto had the longest home run hit in the Stat Gas era, not in a game. Five hundred, no. It was Trevor's story. He had 518 feet. 
Yep. Somebody hit story time, bitches. I thought somebody hit 520. I only saw 518. So did I. Yeah. I must have. I don't know. Anyways. I know they were saying 520 at one, at one point, and then they corrected themselves, but. Ah, uh, okay. Um, yeah, what do y'all think of the, the home run derby? Kevin, you go first. I'm going to the longest home run. All the uh, big storylines got killed, man. It sucks. Otani in the first round. Everybody was hyped up about him. Um, every single one of the top four seeds were knocked out in the first round. I thought that was interesting. And then the biggest story of the night, uh, Trey Mancini, getting all the way to the finals and then getting knocked out by Alonzo. I was like, oh, man, that would have been a nice, cool little story, but no, we have to have a repeat champion, Pete Alonzo. Dude, it's pretty crazy how Alonzo was making it look so easy. Like, he was yeah. kind of in his own world, like, jamming out. Who knows if he was jamming out he to something. Was vibing. He was vibing. He wasn't yeah. even jamming, dude. He was... He was in a world of his own. He was vibing. He was, <laughs> better weird. word for that. Thank you. He was vibing. But no, he just made it look too easy. And, I mean, it's not like he was just hitting home runs to hit home runs. He was, like, actually, like, I think he almost, I mean, he hit the concourse. I mean, he was, he was hitting the concourse in those um, left field bleachers, man, and it was getting dangerously close to that scoreboard. He just made that look way too easy. I think in the first round, didn't he have, like, four or five that went 500 feet? Something like that. Probably. It's crazy. In 2016, do I think it was like 2019 or 2020, there had been a total of like four balls in home run derbies hidden that had been hit. Hidden, I don't think is a word. Had been hit over 500 feet. We had uh, 15 in this home run derby alone. That's crazy. It was insane. And it was Trevor Story who hit 518. That's the longest recorded in StatCats. Okay. Um, but yeah, no, I mean – we definitely saw some really good matchups. I think we were disappointed in a few different people, but we definitely saw was left-handed hitters struggle at Coors Field, which is something that if you know the ballpark, you already know because they already have a tall wall on that on that right-hand side. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was fun. I, I, I like this format, I think, better than some of the other ones in the past. Um, but every year I'm always reminded the winner is not – because everybody out there obviously has home run hitting power. The winner's not based on how many home runs you can hit. It's how good your pitcher is. Yes. Because yeah. I don't know if you noticed this, but like a lot of times when guys were struggling, so were their pitchers. Yep. You know what I mean? Uh, so, I yeah, I mean, you I look at Tani struggle just because, and forgive me, if, but they were showing footage of him hitting in a home run contest in Japan. So that, but the format by, might be a lot different in Japan, or yeah. But I think the reason Otani struggled so much was just because he got gassed like quick, and I think he was kind of like I think he was trying a little too hard. Of course, there's nerves there. You know, you want to put on a show. You know, you, you know, you're the reason people are watching this. So I think it was just. I honestly think I think the nerves got to him just a little bit, just for the sole fact. Well, that and probably unfamiliarity with his pitcher, too, who was struggling yeah. at the beginning, too. It's just they weren't in a groove. But toward the end there, he got in a groove that kept it close to Soto. So, Yeah, for sure. So I, I can't say that he was tired necessarily because at the end, he was on a roll. I mean, he was definitely tired. Dude was, like, he doubled was over. 
Well, yeah, but I mean, that's that what you said yeah. for all of them. I mean, you're swinging, <laughs> what, 40, 50 times consecutively in about a four-minute span? Yeah, that's a lot of times to be swinging the bat. Yep. And in high elevation. I'm waiting after like 10. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I go to the cages was now after two. <laughs> Do what? I go to the cages now and have to wait after one turn, and it's like 15. Yeah, exactly. I take 15 cuts, and I'm like, I probably should shower. <laughs> <laughs> Trey Mancini was impressive, too. He got he was in a groove, and, you know, he gave uh, Alonzo a run for his money. I was I was really impressed by Trey Mancini. The dude's got a quick swing, swing man. He was he was swinging, and it would just get right back in, and he was, he, he's got a quick swing. So. Uh, the All-Star game was, of course, last night. Uh, the AL is remaining their dominance or re- reigning their dominance, and they won 5-2. to two. Correct me if I'm wrong. Right? 5-2? to two? Yep. Uh, AL won. Uh, who won MVP? Vladdy Guerrero Jr. Vladdy. Gotcha. Three words for the, three words for the All-Star game. Alex, I'll let you go first. <laughs> I thought of a funny one, but this is a nip. Uh, who's your Vladdy? That's kind of funny. Um, but uh, no, my actual one is uh, uh, I think what you saw in this um, All-Star that sometimes we don't see as often is we saw a lot of young players, a lot of exciting young players in the game because um, there were a lot of opt-outs. I think there were like 15 opt-outs in total. Um, so we may not necessarily have had the same group of people come in and play um, if we hadn't had those opt-outs. Uh, but what you saw was a lot of young faces, a lot of budding superstars in the league, um, and that's kind of what it was dominated by. I mean, MVP is a 22-year-old. You know what I mean? Um, so, I mean, both juniors, uh, you know, Guerrero and Tatis, um, of course, Shohei Otani. Um, and then, of course, you had some of the, the other guys as well that were fun to watch, the Freddie Freemans and the judges and uh, yada, yada, yada. Um, but <laughs> one thing I do want to mention, and I brought this up before, and this is exactly why we can't do it. Did anybody else catch the catcher, no pun intended, cussing up – or no, the pitcher cussing up a storm when the, he had threw a pass ball? No, I didn't catch that. And yeah, uh, ball went past him. He was mic'd up. You hear, oh, shit, fuck. As he starts running to the plate, this is why, this is why we can't be mic'd up because people will get all up in their fucking feelings, get all sensitive and shit. Like, I don't like cuss words. It's against my religion, which makes no fucking sense, but whatever. <laughs> and then all of a sudden we lose people and we cannot afford to do that in the first place. Anyway, anyway, anyways, besides the point, but I, we finally caught on tape the one thing I was afraid of happening this entire time. I was like, ah, bitches. <laughs> but yeah, so big thing is, is futures playing today. A lot of young faces, a lot of young players all there um, with a good, healthy mix of some of these older, more established guys. But we saw the future of baseball playing in the all-star game, which is good for the game. Uh, like the, that game, and then good for the sport overall. What were your three words? Your your video cut out. 
future is playing today. Gotcha. Thank you. Kev, why don't you go next, man? In-game interviews. That's my take on it. I, I was there for the in-game interviews more than anything. The game wasn't that – I mean, it was all right. It was a good game. Um, I didn't have any stake in it because my none of my team was there, so it didn't really matter to me. I enjoyed the in-game interviews more than anything. The one I particularly liked the most was one that actually wasn't successful in the fact that his earpiece didn't work. It was the last one of the game with uh, Liam Hendricks on the mound. I think it's the first time they've actually had a pitcher on the mound who's actually having an interview while they're on the mound. But the but the earpiece wasn't working. But it was fun to listen to him, listen to him communicate with the pitcher uh, with the catcher, and kind of see what's coming. That was fun. I enjoyed that. And then Freddie Freeman's just funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I saw. I saw when he. Um, I didn't catch it during the game, but I saw uh, on Instagram where how he was like, man, if Aaron Judge comes to first, I'm going to look so, so short. Sure enough. <laughs> He's like, I'm 6'5". <laughs> He's all mad about it. Yeah, I was laughing. I was dying at that point when he was talking about that. It's like, oh, man, don't let him come over here. I look tiny. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go with Otani makes history. Sorry to be so cliche, but um, – and I have a here's one for you, but I'll save it. Um, I'm not sure if y'all heard Stephen A's comments on him, but um, I'll save that. Um, for when? Yeah, you heard it, Kev? Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'll save it for like part two or whatever. I don't know. Um, but Otani makes history. Uh, talking about baseball. It might as well talk about We got time. We still got like another 10 minutes. Yeah, we do. Um, Otani makes history because, well, if all of you just don't watch baseball at all, he's the first player. Um, and I. Don't believe they had all-star games back when Babe Ruth was playing, but he's the first player to um, basically lead off for the AL and also pitch, be the starting pitcher in the all-star game. What he's doing right now is pretty incredible, and it's it's a marvel that people should you know appreciate. And uh, he's a storyline in, in in himself, and he you know as crazy it is to think he kind of takes a shine away from the best player in the game right now, Mike Trout, but. It's also pretty cool that he's teammates with that guy. So, um, Otani makes history. But, um, yeah, what do y'all think of – Alex, Kev, I already know you you heard Steve Day's comments on it. but Alex, did you hear it? I did, yeah. Any thoughts? Well, we should probably explain for the listeners. Yeah. What uh, about before we start talking about it. I So uh, – Kev, I'll let you take it if you know if you know the exact quote or whatever. Um, I don't have the exact quote on me, no. No? Okay. Well, I, I just saw Stephen A. Smith made a comment. I don't know if it was on Center or whatever. Um, but he made a comment about how – so Shohei Itani is arguably the face of baseball right now, and Stephen A. made a comment to the effect of he thinks it's a problem that the face of baseball needs a translator. I don't know if that's the exact quote. Kev? So, when you talk about an audience gravitating to the tube or to the ballpark, I don't think it helps that the number one face is a dude that needs an interpreter. That's the exact quote. Thank you. If you are trying, if you are a sport trying to integrate yourself with the American public by way of Major League Baseball, the problem is, is because you have to deal with teams 
improving the attractiveness of sports it helps if it's it helps if the person speaks english he like reiterated it later in a post i guess or something like that yeah yeah it's anyway <laughs> anyways um arguably not you know obviously not the greatest comment he came back and he tried to like uh, like alex said he tried to you know reiterate his point or you know um i guess apologize for the point whatever um I have no problem with Shohei Otani being the face of baseball and needing an interpreter because guess what? The dude's from Japan. And guess what? You need him to communicate with his coaches, with his teammates, with, you know, basically everybody. So if he needs an interpreter, he needs an interpreter. That's how it goes. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry that the face of baseball right now. No, I'm not sorry, actually. I'm, I'm not sorry that the face of baseball right now, arguably one of the faces of baseball right now, is a Japanese-born player. And he's doing, you know, he's making history right now is what he's doing. He's just kind of in awe to watch. So not the greatest comments, but I don't know. Yep. Yeah, Stephen A. had a bad day. <laughs> Talking bad about the guy just because he doesn't speak English. And apparently on the same – on the same episode, he was dogging on the Nigerian basketball team that had just beaten U Team USA. So, yeah, not a good look, Stephen A. And this is a dude that's getting paid twelve million a year to be a voice on ESPN. Like, come on. Exactly. It kind of blew my mind that he was at the he was at the UFC stuff too. I was like, I mean, that makes sense, but also like, why? I don't know. That's just my thoughts. Oh, fans hate him for that. Like, the UFC faithful do not want him there because he doesn't know what he's talking about for UFC. It's not his sport. Yeah, and you get why ESPN sends him because he's, you know, the face of ESPN. But, yeah, still, send send experts. <laughs> I'd rather listen to Teddy Atlas. For sure. He's a boxing guy, but still. Yeah, still. Yeah. Uh, uh, if you read the comment, he didn't say anything bad about Otani. He just said that it's hard for somebody who doesn't speak the language or know the customs to connect themselves with that person outside of the sport. You know what I mean? Basically, he um, said it doesn't look good for the sport to make them the face of the franchise because he doesn't speak English. That's read the quote again. Problem. Can you read the quote again? I have to pull it back up again, but sure. Because I didn't read that. What I read is that it's hard for people to connect with somebody that they don't speak business or the same language, and I kind of agree with that. I mean, you know. I don't think it helps that the number one face is a dude that needs an interpreter. Interpreter. It doesn't help the... What, 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 what does it not help exactly, though? When you talk about an audience gravitating to the tube or to the ballpark, I don't think it helps that the number one face is a dude that needs an interpreter. <clears throat> yeah, I don't know. I mean, probably just me. I don't think he said anything really all that bad, and I kind of understand his point. I'm not saying I necessarily agree with it, because I don't think he said that Otani isn't arguably – 
because he's, you know, he said he's essentially, he said he is the face of baseball. He just doesn't like that the MLB picked him for the face of baseball, as it were. He didn't say that he wasn't the best player in baseball, which is arguable that he is right now. He didn't say that he was a bad player by any stretch of the imagination. He just said it's hard for people to connect to that. And that's kind of true to some degree. You know what I mean? Now, the nice thing about sports is that it does connect the people who play and enjoy the sport. But for the casual viewer, I think it is hard to to jump on that bandwagon. You know what I mean? Because if you look at like the casual person who wants to participate or start to like soccer, most of the world who plays soccer doesn't speak English. Most of the U.S., most of the players who play for the U.S., excuse me, most of the people who play in the MLS also don't speak English. You know what I mean? But you look at all the faces of the MLS, you see Clint Dempsey, you see Landon Donovan, you see all these guys who speak English. So even though they are not the majority by any stretch of the imagination, and I'm not saying that he doesn't need to be the face of baseball, he shouldn't be the face of baseball. I can just understand where he's coming from. Now, I've made my point in the past. I think it's regional. I think that the face of baseball is a regional thing. You know what I mean? I think that in Texas, you know, you have El and then you have Gallo and then you have, you know, Freeman maybe in Atlanta or Acuna Jr. in Atlanta and Juan Soto in the Northeast. And, you know, so I, I don't think there's one face of baseball, but I don't like, I don't think what he said was the worst at all. Now, I don't like the one, I don't like what he did with the Nigerian names. That one kind of irritated me a little bit. Uh, but him saying it's hard to connect to somebody who you have to like, that you will struggle to connect with because you don't inherently speak the same language. Like, I don't think that's a false statement. You know what I mean? Like if you don't already speak the language, like you're going to have barriers and that's in trying to draw the casual fan to the sport. You know what I mean? Basically what he's saying is he doesn't think he should be the face of the sport because he doesn't speak English. That's about as racist as it gets. How does that have to do with race? Can a Chinese person speak English? Can a German person speak English? Can a Russian person speak English? Race has nothing to do with the language that you speak. That has nothing to do with the language that you speak. Anthony, is your background Hispanic? Yeah. Okay, Aunt Kevin, where's your background from? I don't know. You both speak English. It has nothing to do with race. Mexican-American, but I was, I was born here. I was born in San Antonio. Well, sure. Also, yeah, because of the mean, country like, that we're in, ancestor. too. He was born in Japan. So he's going to yeah, speak absolutely. Japanese. I will absolutely. say I don't think the statement came off as racist. I don't, I don't think that. Yeah. I wouldn't go as far as that. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't think I don't. I, I can understand Alex's point. I don't necessarily agree with what he said because Otani. Okay, maybe not that next step to racist, but maybe that step down to discrimin- discriminatory. Even then, what would you no. classify it? Uh, why would you, what would you classify it as if not that? Just not knowing. I mean, just like you're kind of—I don't know. Like, I guess in Stephen, well, I can't speak for the man, but I don't know. Just kind of making a comment. I'm not saying he's racist or he he likes to discriminate against people, but the comment that he made was at the very least discriminatory in my eyes.
because he's discriminating against the guy because he doesn't speak English. Making or showing an unfair or prejudicial distinction between categories of people for things, especially on the grounds of race, age, or sex. See, I'm not. And it's not I, limited to race, age, or sex. Sure. On sure. things like that, and language would be one. I. Mm, I don't. I can see where somebody would say that it's discriminatory, but it's also unfortunately just kind of the truth. I'll give you another example. Yeah. Then you know what I mean. Like if somebody doesn't speak, if you have to communicate with somebody, and it's going to be easy to communicate with somebody, is it easier to communicate with somebody who speaks your own language? Inherently, yes. Right. We communicate well for the most part <laughs> because we all speak the same language. You know what I mean? There is a barrier, a border, uh, uh, an intersect or a pause if you have to have an interpreter, if you have to have somebody who translates. I mean, when, literally, when I was taking German classes, we had people from Germany come over, right? And we didn't connect very well, not because we didn't try, but the ones who connected better were the ones who were better at speaking either English or German. I'm not saying that he's not, like, I'm not agreeing with this statement. I still think Otani should be one of the faces of baseball because it is a global game, but I'm just saying, like, I don't think his comments are as bad as everybody makes it seem. You know what I mean? I think we want to believe that that was a discriminatory, oh, he's racist or bad because he said somebody speaks a different language. Well, yeah, no shit. He's from Japan. Of course he speaks a different language. He's not making a statement that he speaks another language. He's making a statement that he shouldn't be something because of that. Yeah, it gets hard to connect with somebody when a game that is unfortunately having issues connecting to the mass public. If a redneck yeah, goes sure. up to a Hispanic who speaks nothing but Spanish and says, go back to your country because I want you to speak English in my country, that's racist, is it not? No, that has nothing to do with his race. It has to do with the language that he speaks. Because again, Anthony, who is Hispanic, speaks English. It's nothing to do with race. It's the language that you speak. Okay. We have two total different outlooks on race on that one, but whatever. Okay. Have you ever met a black person who speaks Spanish? What does his race have to do with him speaking Spanish? That's not have you seen a Chinese person speak German? Because I have. Him speaking German has nothing to do with his race. It's the action that went with it. Saying, hey, you, well, okay, but you're also implying in that statement that the guy is being racist inherently, where Stephen A was not being racist inherently. You're saying, hey, if a racist thing happens, is that racist? Yeah, probably. Yeah, I would agree with you. It's not the language itself. You're focusing on the wrong aspect of your. It's the fact that he doesn't deserve, he shouldn't be something because of that. So in your language, in your example of the, the redneck. If Shohei Otani spoke English, those statements would never have been made. He would have been fine with him being the face of baseball. But because of the fact that he only speaks Japanese is the fact is the reason why he says he shouldn't be. He speaks English. He just doesn't speak well enough or isn't confident enough to speak in English. So he uses an interpreter. He can't. Okay. He just doesn't. And okay. it's hard to connect to somebody that way. Well, why are you going to make those comments that saying that he shouldn't be the face of baseball because of that? That is discriminatory. He said it hurts. He didn't say it shouldn't. He said it hurts. I don't think he it helps. He, he said it hurts if. 
I don't think it helps. Not he should not be because. I got to agree, Kev. I, I didn't take the statement that way and like that bad. That's fine. I, it's not a great statement. It's not, it's not, a, it's not a great comment, but it's, you know, it's, I don't think he's, I, I didn't take that as um, Stephen A saying Otani shouldn't be the face of baseball. I took that as it doesn't help. Right. That's how I agree with that. Because obviously he said it doesn't help. So. And he has said in the past that he is the one of the best players in major leagues right now. He's not denying his greatness. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's saying it's hard to connect because of that reason. Wow. It's hard to connect for lots of reasons, unfortunately, in this world. And yeah. But that's also what makes people unique. You know what I mean? Yeah. Let's move on to a lighter note. Uh, quick MVP. M- at the end of the first half, who's your MVP, Alex? AL. Well, oh, AL. Okay. No, no. It's got to be uh, – hold on. It's got to be Otani for me in the AL. Um, yeah, it, I would agree with that. Give it to – give it – should give the give the MVP and the Cy Young to Degrom right now in the NL. I would agree with both of those. Yeah, so yeah, I was giving an MVP in the American League to Vladdy. To Vladdy, yeah, true. Yeah, that's and the National League, I was probably going. That was a little closer, but I'll probably lean toward Tatis. Who was it close with Tatis and who? Castellanos is having a great year. Winker's having a good year. Muncy's having a good year. Frazier's having a good year. Uh, Frazier. Yeah, Adam Frazier. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's having a good year. Damn, the Braves are not going to make it now that old boy's injured. No. Hey, it looks like probably uh, Tatis's biggest competition for MVP, but now he's out for the rest of the year. So, Do you think DeGrom has any kind of shot at it? At MVP? Uh-huh. How does he not? Yeah, if he can stay healthy the rest of the year, he does. Wait, okay. I see him so, winning both. If it's but between – I would say the biggest – What's your percentage? If it was me voting, uh-huh. yeah, I would be definitely be picking DeGrom. Heads above everybody else. But the fact of the matter is – a lot of these voters look at uh, MVP as a hitter's award and Cy Young as the pitcher's award. So it's going to be harder for him to get the MVP. Uh, Which I don't like that. But I don't, I don't like necessarily that. like it either, but I think that's kind of the – Jacob yeah. DeGrom is literally <laughs> carrying the team. Tatis Jr. Because there's already the silver slugger. Like, you have an award for hitting. You know what I mean? I Just because it's not as prestigious doesn't mean that it should be any less than the next thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I, said, I think it should be Jacob DeGrom, but if the rewards were to be passed out today by the uh, BBWAA or whatever it is, um, I think it would be Tatis. Yeah, I think so, too. And then I'd have DeGrom as my Cy Young in the National. And I like Rodon. American. 
Garrett Cole, Cardone, Lance Lynn. Just give it to the entire White Sox pitching staff. <laughs> right? Lance, Lance Lynn, Lynn is killing it. Yeah. yeah, that's true. I was going to say Leonard Cole for, uh, for AL Cy Young right now. Hasn't Cole kind of been asked since they took away the sticky stuff? I don't know. I haven't been keeping up that much. I was like, well, he, had a, he had a couple good starts after. Did he? Uh-huh. I thought I saw something. He's like three and three with like a three something ERA, but was like six and one with like a one point something ERA beforehand. I am glad we're not seeing a lot of injuries though. Yeah. Yeah. I think at this point I'd give it to Cole just because of the amount of strikeouts versus Lance Lynn. True. And the fact uh, he has he less actually walks. leads the league in strikeouts right now. He has less walks than Lance Lynn. He has a sub one whip. So yeah, I'll give it to Cole actually. Same. Can we give both Cy Youngs to DeGrom? I'm down. I'm down. Yeah. <laughs> give them both AL and NL. Yep. Favorite things in the route. Somehow or another, uh, the Rangers were able to draft Jack Leiter, star pitcher out of Vanderbilt. Hopefully we don't wreck him, and hopefully we're able to use him soon. So, hallelujah. <laughs> Kev? Mine's draft-related as well. Uh, we all know that the Angels pitching staff sucks. Yeah. You know exactly where I'm going. <laughs> yeah, right? I do. They went all in. It's- all 20 of their draft picks were pitchers. Not a single position player was taken by the Los Angeles Angels this season. Wow. They were all pitchers. This is the only time it's happened except for last year's draft when Miami took five pitchers in a five-round draft. Talk about addressing your needs. That's got to also be a little bit for the future, too, or for trade prospects. You know what I mean? Their director of scouting, ever since he became the director in the in the – in the organization, they have gone – in the first 20 rounds, I think I saw it was 58 of the 64 picks that they've made in the first 20 rounds of the draft since 2017 have been for pitchers. Hopefully, hopefully it gets better for them. <laughs> so that speaks one of two things. One, okay, you're trying to address your needs. Good for you. Two – you must suck at your job because every single one of these pitchers that you are drafting, none of them are panning out. Exactly what I was thinking. I was like, damn, that's everybody. And I haven't seen a single person new start for you yet. <laughs> I was like the only ones. There were like four or five teams that had at least three-fourths of their draft beat pitchers. You know, it was like all very two lefties in all 20 picks. There was two lefties. Wow. No, they had six lefties, I think. Did they? Oh, maybe I saw the end of the first 10. Maybe it was. I had it. I lost it. It's too late to look it up. I think it was like six lefties. No, it was a pretty wide array of the types of pitchers they got. Some taller, some shorter, some heavier, some not. Some lefties, some righties, different arm angles. They are literally scattershotting to try to hit something. <laughs> okay, here's a quick, here's one for you. Would you rather have one Jack Lighter and no other picks or 20 pitchers? One Jack Lighter. 
One Jack Ladder. Assuming Jack, okay. Let's rephrase that. Would you rather have the the future Justin Verlander or 20 long shots? If he pans out, he's future Justin Verlander. I'm, I'm that's that's what I'm saying. Part. Like we don't know about Jack Lander. Right. Like, because my whole thing is like, I would almost rather take the twenty, because I have one in twenty shot. You know what I mean, or like you have a better shot of getting something out of it. Because I mean, the Astros thought they had the next big thing when they drafted a uh, Mark Appel first overall, and he right. never made it to the major leagues. Right. Watch the Rangers do the same thing to Lighter. That's uh, I'm like, <laughs> don't I'm, say that, Kev. Should have been Rocker, damn it. Anyway, uh, so mine was uh, the maid at the hotel in Colorado who potentially stopped a, uh, a, a, a mass shooting at the All-Star game. So in a hotel in downtown Denver located near the ballpark, uh, a maid reported um, that there were multiple individuals in a hotel when she was cleaning the room, but they had um, – a bunch of tactical vest gear, bulletproof vests, uh, assault-style weapons, and a whole bunch of other things. And although the FBI said that they had no reason to believe uh, that there was any kind of danger, I cannot fathom why somebody would have assault vests and assault rifles in a hotel room near downtown Denver right at the time of the All-Star game. You know what I mean? Um, so my favorite thing is that she very well could have stopped a national tragedy from occurring, especially in a game that we love so much. That would have been super devastating. Uh, that would have been bad. I'd have been fucking watching it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I would have been watching it, and that would have that would have been terrible. Um, that would have been bad. So anyway, yeah, that's 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 definitely my uh, my favorite thing. Thank you to her. Good call, man. Good call. All right, continue to be good, to be good to yourself and be good to each other out there. Don't drink and drive, don't sex and drive. We do have an email address if anybody wants to write into the show and contribute. It's show at gmail.com. But with that, we will say later. Peace. See ya.